Hello and welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network and Discord server. Today it is, do you know yet? It's Friday at 5 p.m. Because we do this every Friday at 5 p.m. here on the Boink Network Discord server. And we are here with a good handful of folks in the chat who are welcome to join the discussion through the mic or the text chat. And you are too, dear listener. Just jump on the Discord again every Friday at 5 p.m. And we'll talk about Boink things. Today we are talking about some science communication stuff. And we being myself, Jay Ringo, and the good upside down folk. As I tilt my head, Delta. Delta, what's going on, man? Yo, it's getting warmer here in Australia. We had our first summer day <laughs> in wow. spring. It got all the way up to 30 degrees Celsius. That's almost freezing in freedom units. <laughs> it almost got up to freezing. Yeah, uh, it was so... a lovely day. <laughs> We've got some news for you, too. Uh, but first, you know, as we're going to do, as we do every week, and as we're going to do again this week, we got to know what Delta is drinking with the teas. What do you got, buddy? Okay, I am going to take you to the not-so-tropical Daintree Rainforest. It's a temperate rainforest in Australia. And I have myself some Daintree tea. And no, it's not made from the Daintree tree. I don't even think there's a Daintree tree. Yeah, are you just uh, making up trees now? Just making I, up I places in Australia? <laughs> making up trees? Um, I don't even know yeah, you're drinking uh, this tea. Yeah, I, I think I've been conned out of this because this cost me 30 bucks. You want to know what the ingredients are? Uh, artificial flavoring. Black tea. That's it. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That's it. It's all it says. That's it just great. says black tea on the back. Oh, I, I thought it said like not from... to take my silence out. Yeah, I, I, I got it. It says Daintree. It's called Daintree from T2. But um, it, I was expecting like, oh, it's picked from the the elder fruit of the of the Daintree rainforest. But no, it's just black tea. Huh. Uh, but yeah. anyway, also have here. You said you are hungry, right, Jeringa? Oh, I'm I'm actually taking some salmon out of the fridge right now because I forgot to do it before the show started. <laughs> What's up? Would right, well, you, be, careful you be careful you don't get salmonella. But I have some Pringles here if you want some. Pringles. That's your food yeah. you teased me with? Just Pringles? <laughs> Just regular old Pringles? Wow. Not regular Pringles. Sauté chicken Pringles. I'm sorry, what? Sauté chicken Pringles. Sauté? Like way too much MSG on it. <laughs> Sautéed? Sauté? S-A-T-A-Y. Do I have Sauté. Sauté? Translate it to American. Sauté. <laughs> what? That's still not a word. I'm looking it up. S-A-T-Y? S-A-T-A-Y. Satay chicken. That's a fake chicken. (laughs) It smells like a fake chicken. No, it's a sauce. It's a satay. Oh, it's a thing on the stick with the peanut sauce. Okay. (laughs) Whew. That was that was a challenge right there. What do you say we start talking about some point stuff? Yeah, let's go. All right. What? This tea is strong. Well, it's black tea. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So to kick it off, we're going to jump into one of my favorite bunk projects, Minecraft at Home. They are trying to figure out what they're going to do next after finding like a 23 cube tall cacti, cactus, cactus, after finding the seed for the opening um, screen. I forget what you call that thing. Panorama. Panorama. Uh, they are polling their community as to what they're going to do next. And there are a couple options here. They're going to do a newer title screen panorama seed, starting from what version 1.16, a legacy console tutorial world seed for the Xbox 360, TU1, whatever that means. Uh, they want to find the most spawners in active range of the player, 
Uh, they want to find a seed where you can beat Minecraft in a single chunk, a 16 by 16 area, excuse me. They want to find the original official Minecraft trailer seed or the biggest slime chunk cluster. And you can participate in this poll by going to the straw poll link that I'll put in the description of this episode. So, And you Mine- should probably say that it does have a significant amount of votes and it just shows how big that Minecraft at home is growing. Almost 3,000 votes. Wow. What a vote. We're now, Rinning is the official Minecraft trailer seed from the original with 845 votes. What I'm, a betting great... on the, I'm betting on the seed where you can beat Minecraft in a single chunk. Everyone vote for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be fun. It's currently coming second. I think it can win. What a great project with some very creative people behind it. What a creative team. Uh, yeah. What else? You got any news this week? Um, I got some extras from World Community Grid. Uh, let's see. September updates. Okay, fight aids at home. Uh, they have currently been discussing some potential new targets of proteins for the next round of work on World Community Grid. So you should be seeing some probably some new work units with some different proteins coming soon. And they are also exploring uh, the Autodoc suite, which is the software that they use. And it looks like they're trying to get it to become open access or trying to have it so that it is open access. Uh, and with that new Autodoc software with open access, hopefully the research will get done a lot faster because uh, the more modern versions and hopefully the more open versions will get more efficiency from it. Cool, 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 cool. That is pretty neat. We actually have a lot of news coming out of World Community Grid this week. World Community Grid being the umbrella project from IBM, that does a wonderful job getting news out there. So, hey, other Boink projects, if you're like, why don't they ever talk about our project? Get your news out there a little better. Make a Twitter, you know, come talk to us in the Discord if you want, or just just let us know and we'll talk about it. But for example, something else coming out of uh, World Community Grid is an update from the Open Pandemics Project, which is the project that is working on COVID-19. So they are continuing to work to get the project running on GPUs. and they recently published a paper on the history of Autodoc, which is the software that powers open, dem- open pandemics, fight aids at home, and the other projects, as Delta was just saying. Uh, so that's pretty cool. So they're basically still just moving forward. Uh, there are currently 3,500 batches for download, 2,200 batches in progress. They've completed 9,500 batches, 3,000 of those in the last 30 days, at an average of about 100 batches per day. And they have about 30 days of backlog ready to go. So jump on Open Pandemics through World Community Grid and crunch that open. And the significance of having GPUs running Open Pandemics means they can get the work done a whole lot faster. So I have heard. I'll believe it when I see it. It's like it's not. It's just a true statement. <laughs> what else? I think we have more open or more World Community Grid news, and then we have a pretty cool one coming out of a rather unknown project. So. Uh, do you have anything else from World Community Grid? Uh, no, just a quick one from uh, the African Rainfall Project. Um, they said that they're going to be presenting at the American Geophysical Union uh, at their fall meeting, which appears to be from the 1st to the 17th of December. Uh, and you have to register. So go check out that update from World Community Grid with the African Rainfall Project if you want to go and see them at the American Geophysical And for those who didn't know, 95% of... Uh... Africa's water depends on rainfall or something like that. <laughs> Excuse me. 95% of their water depends on rainfall. 
95 percent of their agriculture depends, it on, depends the rainfall. on rainfall. I just remember. I, I thought when, it was a hundred percent, but yeah. Well, I would have assumed it was a yeah. hundred, right? <laughs> yeah, same. So I just I was calling back to you saying that several episodes ago because that made me laugh both when you said it and when I was editing the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just assumed it was one hundred. <laughs> So interesting stuff. Uh, I've got one coming from Help Stop TV. Uh, basically, they have a new student coming to help them in October. So I guess schools are back in session. Uh, good luck with that. <laughs> Delta, you're you're doing like all online schooling in Australia, right? Yep. Is, is oh, that you? Just for university. Not, in most universities. Yeah. Huh. That's that's interesting. I feel like that's the safer thing to do here in the U.S. We're like basically shoving all our kids into dorm rooms and then saying don't go outside thinking that will happen <laughs> yeah just letting it burn through the young population whatever reason but um let's see what else i have one more thing coming from uh what's the mystery project world community grid uh uh-uh, one more Aww. one more uh Oh, this is just back. I admittedly have not read this. So this is actually going back to uh, Autodoc, which Delta was talking about, which I highlighted from the Open Pandemics Project. Uh, it's kind of just a little celebration. Apparently, it was developed 30 years ago out of Scripps Research, which is the uh, partnership um, institution working with Open Pandemics. Um, so cool. Congratulations to Autodoc. 30 years of open source software. How cool is that? All right. Mystery for, uh, project is DN Grid coming out of Italy. Whoa. What? This is the first time I've heard their name in a long time, but this is actually really cool stuff. Um, they were chosen by AMD, some of you may have heard of them, as a recipient for their COVID-19 HPC fund. So AMD is helping TN Grid crunch, uh, I think, genes. That's TN Grid. You did a project brief on that before. You know more than me. Yep. Pretty sure I have. Um, there, AMD is helping TN Grid crunch their stuff. That's really cool. That's awesome. Uh, so the AMD project, the COVID-19 HPC project, basically uh, adds a buttload of computation power to uh, different projects around the world who are working on COVID-19. So there's Carnegie Mellon. Uh, there's an institute from India, the Council of Scientific and Industrial Research uh there's stanford there's texas state there's ucla arkansas toronto texas cambridge uh and then tn grid i think uh tn grid is coming out of the university of trento do you know no idea but that sounds familiar i think there is a place called trento i'm gonna say it with a high degree of confidence because it's the only italian thing on amd's website <laughs> so <laughs> i can assume it's tn grid uh so how cool is that? Congratulations to TN Grid. Do they deserve a clap? I think they deserve a clap. Oh, here we've and got no arm some... slaps. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have uh, Koshi in the chat here giving us a little more information coming from Valturk of TN Grid. He says the grant will give them access for one year to two AMD computational nodes, each one equipped with an AMD Epic Rome and eight Radian Instinct uh mi50 accelerators so that is just a bunch of ah yes particle accelerators <laughs> <laughs> computation oh, that's pretty neat all right well i am getting hungrier by the minute so should we just move to the main topic because that's all the news i brought let's go 
All right, you kick it off. That's, and then you've got a developer update too, right? Yep, that can come at the end. All right, cool. So what do you want to talk about today, huh? Yeah, I was thinking, uh, why don't we talk a bit about um, science education and communication? Because uh, I thought that uh, I was thinking, and I was uh, I was thinking about how school, because school's now almost the forefront of, of the news now. All the kids are going online, or at least a majority of them. University students are going online. So now we're worrying about whether the education is actually effective. Uh, and over here in Australia, we've actually reconsidered the whole curriculum. Um, because Australia, for some reason, is starting to lag behind in their education. It's all those made-up words. That's what happens when you just make up words for things. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, and all the kids <laughs> have been going down to the billabong instead of studying it up in their books and uh, trying to <laughs> grab some grog when they shouldn't. Stop it. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> A billabong. <laughs> hey, don't make me start talking about thongs, because you guys will, like go crazy yeah. about it because you think I'm talking about the bad thongs but no I'm talking about the thongs you put on your feet there's no such thing as a bad thong carry on <laughs> <laughs> all right well I was uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to share our experiences of um, what high school science was like back uh, when we were in high school because it's changed over the coming years uh, and I, I for one can say that I had to do science in a Catholic school so um, it's not the like super hyper crazy uh, Catholicism that you might see in the movies or something like that, but <clears throat> it was pretty reasonable Catholicism, although <laughs> it it was somewhat disappointing that my science teacher was the head religious coordinator at my school. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, in terms of what we actually were taught and what resources we used, uh, we got taught basic stuff. Um, we got taught just like all the usual stuff you'd get taught in high school, like, oh, you got cells and then you got bacteria, you got viruses. This is how reproduction occurs. This is how this is how physics works, just basic physics and stuff like that. We did use videos often. Uh, I remember specifically back in uh, year seven, I think we were watching a couple Bill Nye the Science Guy videos. Uh, and... Uh, that was pretty much it. There, there weren't that many other videos other than just like literal tutorials or course content videos. And uh, that also brings up an interesting topic because back in the day, there was actually a reason to sort of do those science shows and everything because the kids could actually learn something and take it back to school and then they could utilize it in some way because the curriculum was more broad back in the day, especially for, uh, for me. It was just coming to that stage where it was getting very, very specific. But back in the day, I'm sure that they watched a lot of just general videos on science because it just apply, apply broadly to the to the curriculum. But nowadays, it's shifted completely the other way. The curriculum is too specific, so the videos for science have to be more specific rather than general and fun and engaging like Bill Nye was. And so from talking with some of my um, high school mates uh, on how science was there. And they said, oh, yeah, we literally just only watched uh, very specifically tailored videos for curriculum content. And I think because of that, we're losing our connection with science communication because now science communication doesn't have to be engaging because all the students want is what do we need to know? How do we learn it? Give me that information only and nothing else. Because school is starting to become a little bit robotic from what I've noticed and going halfway through university and going through online learning where I basically have 
and I choose to have no, <laughs> barely any connection with my lecturers and tutors, it gets extremely, extremely robotic. And um, it's the culture of, it's sort of like the culture of learning and um, stuff nowadays that the students only want to know what they need to know. For the but final they need exam. to know for a test, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the final exam, for an assignment, for something else. That's that's all they want to know. That's all they need to know just to get past the course. Whereas I think that school and education should be something where you go and explore and you cover a field broadly and uh, you're, you're assessed on merits and your scientific, in the case of science, maybe your scientific curiosity and endeavor. So, um, yeah, what was your high school like, Jeringa? Uh, hold on. Uh, first, before I get into mine, Crunchy Haggis says, bring back the TV that's wheeled into the classroom in Quest that, That's what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, teach problem solving and investigation skills instead of memorizing or regurgitating for the exam. I agree that's how it is now. Uh, I went to a uh, fairly standard public American school, uh, and I don't remember anything from my science classes. I remember once calling my physics teacher um, his first name, that got me into a lot of trouble. And I remember oh, yes. in chemistry class putting uh, sodium into water uh, and watching uh, like the, yeah, the ceiling lit on fire. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not, that was fun. Those are the things I remember. Um, but the, uh, the, so I learned the power of chemistry and stuff like that. And, you know, don't call Valerie Valerie. <laughs> yeah. And then the only other things you remember is uh, making spitballs and, shooting them at other students. No, that was study hall, and we were aiming at the clock. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But it, again, it was just a public school. The science was not challenging. I was done with science in like 10th grade. Uh, but I had uh, access to science outside of school. We didn't watch a lot of, a lot of videos, but I watched like Bill Nye at home. And uh, there were like magazines everywhere and science kits everywhere and just like fun hands-on stuff. The stuff you're seeing, saying that helps teach you about science. I entirely agree with it. It was engaging. It was fun. You know, you make slime, you make stuff blow up, you, you engineer solutions to problems, and then you get make to soap. see something cool happens. Make some soap. <laughs> make some uh, soap. It's just like a, you go through a lot of food coloring. Uh, <laughs> And it was all based on Bill Nye. Like we would try to do a lot of the stuff on Bill Nye. It was like, try this at home. Uh, we would do those because it's fun and you learn stuff and then you remember it. Uh, and to tie this into Boink, that is kind of like what Boink is, right? If Boink projects, Boink projects already have that connection to the science, you know, come in and discover a pulsar. If, you know, there was a way for a Boink project to either develop funding or get funding and then develop a program where they developed a curriculum behind the project, uh, that would be pretty cool. And I think, I mean, I know I am like, there's a shelved project where I want to get Boink into schools with curriculum behind it. So it's like, here, you can give your computer to this Boink project that is looking for pulsars. And here's how you make a pulsar at home with stuff from your kitchen. Like, and you get to go and play with it and learn about pulsars and also do the actual science <laughs> with your computer. And get to make a pulsar in your kitchen. <laughs> right. I imagine you like, that, you know, you'd die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a pulsar-like thing, right? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. And there, there is a project that is like that. And I did a project brief on it, NanoHub, 
they have their own uh, teaching materials if you want to learn about nanoscience and some of the assignments and these are all like at your own pace assessments and and learning the assessments uh, are actually computed on their boink project and so with nanohub you can take what you're learning turn it into a project that can be computed and then computed on the boink network and then gather the results back and hey presto you're learning nanoscience there you go a lot of that sounds fairly higher level like uh, late high school, early college. I'm picturing yeah. like early high school and middle school, even elementary and maybe primary school, which is for people who don't know what that is, that's basically anything after five years, five years old until you're like 15 or 16. And then, uh, yeah, just build some hands-on stuff and uh, use Boink for it. How cool would that be? Uh, yeah, I was going to say Crunchy Haggis brings up a good point here. Um, the code clubs, often for kids, uh, they're usually after school rather than being in the main curriculum. I'd say the curriculum does need to be updated quite a bit to reflect uh, programming skills. Because I think uh, with science, having programming skills when going into science is very, very valuable. Uh, even if it's for something just as small as doing some statistics using R software or just doing some statistics in general, just trying to figure out an average or rather plotting a, um, a hypothesis test and testing whether it's true or not, and uh, or even to something even greater than that and entirely programming a, a Boink project even. So that would be really cool. I think that the curriculum definitely needs to be updated, and I think that something something needs to change in 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 science and in schools in general that gives that ability for students to learn not only critical thinking but also curiosity and endeavor. Well, and I think a lot of what you're talking about is like tailored, like a more flexible education regimen where you, you can choose which path you want to go down and and how you learn because different people learn better different ways and, and all this psychology behind it and it's right now like you said it's just basically everyone needs to learn the same thing for the test and it's just super boring so a lot of this ties to the concept of open education or oer open educational resources where i'm sure uh programs could be built around all these boink projects where you develop a lesson plan and you put it up under oer licensing and there you go. Anyone can take it and build it and people can through the it's the same spirit as open source. So anyone can take it and change it to fit their specific needs for their class or their kid and then put that up and people can take it and experiment with it and learn and make it better stuff, better teaching material, better experiments, because I think a lot of the hands on stuff needs to come back. Like what MLC at, MLC at home here uh, says here in the chat. Says Capsella, Erector sets, Radio Shack, Electronic Circuit Kits with the springs. Exactly. Except a lot of the stuff to tie this into what you just said, Delta, um, is now online. So Minecraft at home, Minecraft is an Erector set on your computer, essentially. Like you get. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Apple bottom jeans with that with that thing there. Radio Shack, Electronics Circuit Kits with the springs with the springs. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> but so we still have this stuff uh it should be physical and uh digital it should be both how <laughs> oh, heck of a yeah really. I, I think um with everyone moving to online they're starting to get a hang of how everything can be flexible so i think that something is coming soon in terms of changing change in the paradigm of education not only in australia because we know that they are changing it here in australia but Hopefully around the world, they're starting to see that uh, school can be more flexible and teachers are actually now learning 
because teachers learn just as much as students. Teachers are now learning how they can be flexible and how they can make teaching more effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. I think Boink does have a role to play there just because the the direct connection to the science. So it's not just about bringing people who are bringing adults into the scientific system. It's about bringing kids in so they can feel connected to the actual science while learning about the general science. Yeah, and get rid of those textbooks. (laughs) Or rather, still have them, but at least link the textbooks to something they can actually do. Because I I do tutoring, and I definitely know that the best way to help someone learn is to give them an example. Show them the theory, give them an example, and then that's it. They they usually catch on after that. Yeah, I know uh, sodium and water. It's a great example. Oh, yeah. Just put salt in some water. Kaboom. (laughs) No. All right. Well, should we get to dinner then after your dev update? Yeah, sure. You got your salmon that you you got to cook. Oh yeah, dude. It's it's getting to room temp right now. I'm gonna throw that thing in a nice uh, nice little nonstick frying pan. Cook it up for a couple minutes. Throw some butter in there. A little rosemary. Get rid of that salmonella. Yeah. What salmonella are you talking about? You're going out on salmonella. <laughs> it... uh, I know too many people who who got sal- who got um, food poisoning from sushi. <laughs> Well, I cook it. Which... Yeah, that's why you got to get rid of cook it. Get rid of the salmonella. Oh, Crunchy Haggis does bring in a good point. Get rid of Elsevier. We don't even say, like, they're the only one. Get rid of pay access journals. Open access. To be fair, though, there's a lot of open access in the world now. The people who've been fighting for it for decades have done a very good job. Uh, but, yes, uh, open access should be the way. Elsevier should not exist. Okay. Developer update, Delta. What's Developer going on update. back there? It's not really much of an update because uh, I'm still currently working on the XML stuff. Um, I have found a parser to work with. So I, you should be seeing uh, me doing some commits over the next coming weeks in replacing the current XML parser. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about something interesting that I found in the Git, in the Git repository for Boink. And there's a little project, or rather a fork, or uh, I'm, I'm not actually sure what it is, but it is a project or a fork that's linked to the Boink, repo- or Boink repository, and it's called Boink BitTorrent. I think I've talked about this before briefly, uh, but I thought I'd give it a bit more detail. So did you know that there is actually a Boink fork that someone tried to make that uses BitTorrent for distributing all of the files and work units for Boink? What? That's crazy. Yeah, so instead of you, your computer, having to contact the project server to get all the application and then the work units and then submit the work units and get more work units and then communicate with the project server and all that stuff, what would happen is the project server will simply create some torrents. And for those of you that don't know what a BitTorrent is, it's basically a file that can be downloaded from a lot of different computers all at once and usually those computers aren't the actual server that you source the file from so in this case what would happen is the project server would create a torrent and then when you want to go and download a work unit you your computer would go and contact someone else's computer and ask for the file and in doing that you can also find other computers which also have file or parts of the file and you can download that those work units from those other computers And so what this does is it actually saves bandwidth and it saves resources on the project server so that they don't have to cater for so much upload speed and uh, so much download speed as well. And so the the project server can actually work on other things instead of actually just focusing on serving the work units. That's really cool. 
Yeah, um, they do mention that um, there. Uh, they do mention it is actually quite old. Uh, this uh, this fork or project was last touched in 2014, so it hasn't had any development on it since then. And they do mention that uh, some uh, some similar services which do use BitTorrent, because a lot of people when they hear BitTorrent they think, oh, Pirate Bay, oh, pirating movies. It's not all that. I get all of my Linux ISOs from BitTorrent. I like to download them from uh, via BitTorrent because I don't like to put strain on all the Linux servers. And they also do mention here that Blizzard Entertainment, the gaming gaming company, often uses BitTorrent to distribute data patches, um, more specifically in World of Warcraft. And Electric Sheep, which we've talked about a couple times here, uh, their screensaver, they actually use BitTorrent to distribute the computer dreams. So instead of them having to host and store all of the dreams and everything, they can store them on all the participants' computers. And given that there's more participants, and the more participants that there are, the faster the download speed it is for everyone else. And so it, it really just helps everyone. And considering a system like Boink, where there's a lot of people here, I think the statistics we talked about the other the other Boink radio, I think 800,000 active hosts. So there's plenty of hosts here ready to support with BitTorrent. And it just makes sense that you get everyone coming in and computing, and then they all work together to store all the files from the server, and it just helps out everyone. So it's entirely possible with Boink. It's just no one's stepped up and decided to do it. You know, maybe for uh, the virtual Boink workshop, we should have a whole section that's just like really great Boink ideas that someone started and no one has finished. <laughs> <laughs> that happens Boink a lot OS of- will be in there. Yes, yes. Uh, for those who don't know Boink OS, uh, I tried to make an operating system that was purely just Boink. And so you can literally just put it on your USB, plug it into a computer and start running Boink. Uh, I have a website and everything for it. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it's there if you search Boink OS. Um, it's it, There's an old version that you can still get. Uh, unfortunately, I'm locked out of my GitHub account, so I can't actually change it. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it still works. I've seen occasionally a couple people pop in the chat here and say, yo, how do I do this on Boink OS? And I've had to help them uh, and all sorts of stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's one of my old projects. And I think that'd be a good idea for the Boink Workshop. Yeah. Huh. Uh, actually, speaking of the Boink Workshop, I did also find another repository linked to the linked to the Boink Git repository. Uh, and it's called Boink Workshops. And there's nothing in it except for a readme that says, a place to store workshop-related materials created five years ago. Yeah, there's Clearly a lot of that. We need... We're getting a few more, a few other people organize some stuff, so that does not happen. But fingers crossed, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that, for that update. That sounds really interesting. Uh, someone in the chat here were saying, yeah, people, they hear BitTorrent and they hear... Uh, Boink and the organizations go running because they're like it's just, it's not safe, but it's just it's just ignorance taking control of them right there. Uh, we have another good idea with the same problem: a non-monetary blockchain to keep track of credits. That's an interesting thought. Uh, and yeah, just some interesting chatter in the chat here. If you listener want to stay on board with that, you're gonna have to join us next week, Friday at 5 p.m. here on the Boink Network Discord server. We were talking about something else to do with Boink, and there will probably be more news because World Community Grid is coming out with news every week. It's freaking great. Gives us something to talk about, right? <laughs> Feed us. 